Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Craig and I are coming off at you hot from a uh, from a, a long weekend. Feels like a long weekend. You were at you, you were in the woods. Not a long weekend. That's the best thorough weekend. It was a long yeah, a weekend. Thorough, yeah, sometimes it wasn't quantity. It was quality. There you go. I'm coming back from from Florida after a three day vendor of a concert, the uh, the Gulf Coast Jam. And Craig's coming back from hunting and then to the ocean. And so things are good. We're coming to you refreshed. We're doing a lot of prep for Summit. And um, today, we wanted to just talk to you a little bit about something we were, we were talking earlier about is this, the things we're noticing as bottlenecks of growth or revenue in practices. Um, and as any of you, many of you know, we, 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 have, we had a mastermind and we helped kind of diagnose things in, in those practices, but also just you know, we really like to mentor and, and help out other practices and growing dentists. And, and just there's some common themes that go on. And so I've made a list and we haven't revisited this list in a while, but I thought it was an appropriate topic, especially as we come towards uh, summit, because obviously our Bulletproof Summit is meant to look at things from a macro and then learn how to optimize um, on, on many different planes. Um, but sometimes you have to diagnose where is the leak in your system before you can start moving that boat really fast. Agreed. Yes, sir. hundred percent agree. Um, just for, uh, the, uh, just a small matter of clarification, I was not hunting, but I was in the woods. So, uh, Pete knows that I just built a, uh, a 100 acre, I'm sorry, I just purchased a 100 acre farmland. So I'm going to be out there a lot. It's really good for my mind. I love it. So it's just good in- for you. That's your, that's your anti-inflationary hedge because yes. I, hear, I hear that they're not making more land. So, but you know what they are making a lot of right now? What? Money. <laughs> $4 trillion. Anyway, we digress. Hey, hey you Don't know what start. they're not making any more of? What? <laughs> they only made, they're only making 21 million. All right. All yeah, right, yeah, no, no, we won't go there. So anyway, <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this today, the bottleneck, because this morning I was working out with my trainer, John, and he has a business very similar to ours. He's a artist. He's a, he's a craftsman in the business and uh, he started on his own. He's, he's busy doing his own thing, but he bought a space that really deserves to have more than just him as trainers, in, uh, more than just a trainer, one trainer. And uh, I was saying to him, you know, how, how's that other trainer working? I was like, oh, well, he's really not hustling. You know, he's not bringing his own clients. And every time someone comes in, I send him the client because I want to build his business. Kind of like we would if we brought an associate to the practice. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody who's asked, when's the right time to bring on an associate? It's really, you can make it the, the time that you want it to be. So you're just going to have to cannibalize a portion of your clinical practice at a certain point to get that first associate in the door. It's never, if you wait till you're overwhelmingly busy, it might not be the right time and it might be hard to get off that hamster wheel. But anyway, he said something very interesting to me and I, and you know, Pete knows me well and I'll say this, I'll call people out and I actually said when he said it to me, I'm like, you're lying to yourself. And what he said to me was, you know, I hired this guy, he's not really hustling, he's not doing something great. I send him all my clients and the clients are unhappy and I, I wind up having to train them. And he said, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. I said, mm. well, John, if that's the way you believe, you're never going to grow your business. Because that's um, the bottleneck to his business is his psychology, his mm-hmm. belief that I can't grow it. And how many doctors, Peter, have you heard say that very same thing to you time and time again? You know I, how associates are. Look, I think that's I think that's pervasive in the solopreneur industry. Meaning, I have a guy who comes and stretches me at my house because I have uh, I need extra help with flexibility at this age. It feels like, and um, 
And he was having the same conversation, Craig. It was like, look, you know, they, they can't do it like I do. Therefore, I'm always going to be this, the one doing it. And I, look, I'm overwhelmed. I can't accept new clients, but but I'm never going to be able to grow more. I'm like, okay, well, there's so many things we could pick apart there. But I think that is the plight of a solopreneur is that perfection becomes the enemy of execution, meaning they're not doing it like me. Therefore, it must be faulty, right? Or it takes you so long to train someone to do it's It's the reason why I bring this up and it's important to talk about is because we're talking about the bottlenecks to revenue. Mm-hmm. And we get right into the tactical, which we're going to go, we have a bunch of notes here to go through. <clears throat> but the first thing to do is realize, could the bottleneck be you? Mm. And if the bottleneck is you, no tactic, no widget, no system, no process will help you break through that bottleneck. And I'm going to challenge everybody because we are the bottleneck. No matter mm-hmm. how much we grow, we are the rate limiting step. It's what we believe. Well, unless you consciously design a way to engineer yourself out of those processes. Meaning if you're involved in every decision that goes around your business, if you are the nucleus of every decision, that is a problem. Of course. Of okay. Course. So, but, but honestly, but some, ego, people some people that some people yeah. construe that though, Craig, as I know doctors, our friends construe that as lack of control. I need to know this because I am the owner. And, and my contention is no, you don't. And no, actually you don't want to be involved in that. Right. right. Well, if, it feels if, good. There's an ego. There's an ego hit when you're making all the decisions. Some people like to be in charge and they like to know everything that's going on. And if they're not making, if they're not being asked about their opinion, they actually feel like they're not. Valuable. I was that guy. I was that guy. Meaning I have, I've alluded to that on the, I've talked about this on the podcast is that like, literally I wanted to do everything. I thought I was the best person for the job. No one could do anything better than me. I could, I could answer the phones. I could hang TVs. I could run cat five cable. I could do the cosmetic preps. I could do the enrolling. I could do it all. I did. I was the best person. Right. And like, it wasn't until I said like, I'm really not good at a lot of these things and, and give it up and let people do it better. That's when things started to grow. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. That's a great space. So I think that's the, really the, the framework for this conversation that we have. Um, uh, and it's, and it's funny, we're talking about this one more small example. We'll get right down to the tactics. Uh, we're interviewing another like treatment coordinator and at our size practice, basically all the treatment coordinators that come on are like office managers in their existing practices. We like mm-hmm. really high level people. So we just bring like people that would traditionally be in office management roles. And uh, this girl came in and it was funny because she, she was telling me about, or she was telling Erica rather <clears throat> during an interview process, like, why are you leaving? She's asking her, why are you leaving? What's going on? And she's like, well, two things. Number one, if the doctor sees me on my cell phone, he docks me an hour of pay. Shut up. Well, number one, that's illegal, but okay. Yeah, whatever. it's illegal. But you know, when you have three employees, good luck, you know, suing your, it's, 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 you're, you're going to pound sand because you're not going to get anything out of that. So whether it's legal or not legal, that's what he does. So she was treating the office to a breakfast and she was ordering on Uber Eats Shut to see up. it come in. He finds her on the cell phone, just checking that and docks her an hour for that. So number one, number two, she said to Erica that, um, that, uh, he only treats the office well when he wants money or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So some people will focus on their business and make money, like going to the well to fill up your bucket and then let your well fall apart until you get thirsty again. So there's like this thing that people are either moving towards pleasure away from pain. And some people treat that with money and revenue as well. So they have this thing in their mind. I want to make, you know, hundred grand or 200 grand or whatever that number is. And when things get really good, you kind of screw it up. 
you know, start making 250, 300, 350, you screw it up and you slow it down or you, you mess it up. Or if things get really bad, it adds the fire to you. So again, like what you believe, what you wish to create is so important to this. I've got a question that I mean to ask and it has nothing to do with what you just said, even though I really agree with all of that. Um, I do, really do. But I'm going through a scenario right now. So what would you say, Craig, is the point in which a dentist needs to have six-handed dentistry versus four from a revenue perspective? What would you, I mean, look, we've never, you and I've never actually talked about this. So we're going live. I got a, yeah, I got a good number on that, by the way, Pete. Tell me. So, so the way I look at it is if you are, if, if you're doing, it, it's just a revenue number. So if you imagine right. 21% of your, your gross going to team, including all benefits, 20, let's call it 25%. Let's be generous to the team member. If adding another person could produce four times the cost of it, then it's a hundred percent good to do it. Wait, 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 slow that down. So Back yeah, let up. me slow it. Let me slow it way down. So, so if you're doing a million dollars a year, okay. right. And you believe as a four, as a, as a doc, as this a, is called four, a doc with a one assistant, one hygienist, the traditional, yeah, okay. the traditional, <clears throat> no, no, it's not including the hygiene, by the way. So just, you okay. are producing, you're collecting a million dollars a year and you got a sidekick, you just get one assistant, right? Okay. If that assistant, if you could bring in another system, just using round numbers here for $50,000 and you could produce an extra 200, sorry, I'm using produce, but we, Peter I and I always you. mean collect, but just for the sake of that production. Well, we've been brainwashed too. Yeah. So we've been brainwashed. By, exactly. I, I produce 5 million, collect 100,000. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I wrote so on 4.9. Right. That's, that's, you don't want to win that. You don't, to win that is to lose. Anyway, so if you can collect an extra four times, you know, 200 grand, why not, Pete? So you're saying it's on a, on a four to one ratio, right? Yeah, because so if, 25%. If I give you a dollar and you give me back four, how long do you want to do this? Is what you're saying. Yeah. Do or how long do long. I want to do this, rather? <laughs> right. But I mean, you're taking it to something else. There's a business equation and there's a mental wellness equation. So a doctor, if you're producing like a madman and you or a mad woman, you love it. And then you get another sidekick person to come on. I get it from the four to one. I get it from that ratio. I'm saying it, at what point is there an inflection point where you say, yes, you know what? This warrants, you know, does 500, if you're doing 500 K, does that warrant it? And you feel busy? No, you know? no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, so listen, you think, no, really- no, it's, yeah, it's not in absolute terms. I mean, listen, I could. I've, I've had doctors in my tenure that said to me, I need a second assistant. I'm like, well, you, you're doing 30 grand a month. And then I have doctors that are doing 270 GPs. One of what a GP is just that uh, in my practice just did 274 that month. Right. And I'm like, cool. You know, you need how many more assistants you need, <laughs> you know, let's do this. So, I mean, it's not, uh, listen, I could have, I, I All right. The- if I, if I pinned you to a number, would you say, would you say, 750 would would say yeah yeah you need two assistance no, yeah. not not in my world no. okay uh, no eight eight fifty um so yours mil- you million, use the, the mil- example million. of a million actually as the round number which was actually the number okay, yeah i just happened your- to use a round number but it, that was the exact number i had in my mind interest i would actually have said i would have actually have said a little bit uh i would have been right in line plus or minus 10 percent is where i would have gone with that so you would have said not no to the 750 request correct i would not have yes yeah correct that, i mean yeah. listen we've got hygienists you and me unassisted doing five on dough no, dropping assisted no, they're assisted they're assisted no i know but they're not full-time assisted at least That's mine true. are not so it, so if i had a hygienist that was working two rooms full-time assisted she could do that so 
I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, if you give enough, it's like the, your task will expand to fit the time and the amount of employees you give to it. Mm-hmm. You make answering the phones a three-person job and it will take three people. To well, it also it. becomes more abundant thinking, meaning, and here's where I'm going with this. If like I have a scenario right now with, with uh, the Highlands location, which is six operatories, and they saw the most new patients out of all of the locations last month. And so one doc saw 75 new patients at that location. I said, and had to do two hygiene checks. And here's, and this is actually on our list of things, Craig, that I think are impediments to um, our bottlenecks to growth is that when you're so freaking busy, psychologically, you can't help but to under diagnose. You cannot help but to under diagnose and under present because you are only looking at the clock. It's it's the truth. So I said, so, so good. All that we can't get off of that. Keep going. Don't go to another thing yet. Cause I've had that. I've had doctors tell me we are so busy. We cannot handle the volume. We need to slow it down. And guess what happens when you slow it down? Revenue drops never. And then a, a buddy of mine who actually owns the largest, he, he passed away recently, but he, he had the honor of knowing uh, of owning the largest Porsche dealership in the world champion motorsports. His name was Dave Mirage. He passed away and he once told me, he says, when I told him what I did, because I actually put the brakes in the business, he said, do me a favor. You never can apply brakes to a business. It's like a conversation with a friend from Texas. Owned a a car dealer, a Porsche dealership, and he's saying never apply brakes. No, but isn't it funny? Like you and I had a private conversation with a buddy of ours that owns a bunch of practices in Texas. Like, no, you don't have a room problem. You you know, it's like, hey, we want to, Pete was saying like, let me slow it down. He's like, no, no, no. You need to build more. Yeah. So it's like when you have, yeah, you add, add doctors, add chairs. You'll add or expand hours. Right. But you never just say, Hey, you know what? We're not accepting new patients. Like there's actually, well, I did that. that, that, I have done that. And did, did you learn from that? Oh yeah. That was a major ass kicking Peter. Holy smokes. I actually remember that time period. I think. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you, you do know it. So doctors are like, we are so busy. We cannot diagnose. We cannot spend any time. We cannot blah, 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 blah. But what happens is when you slow down and you get the time that you said you needed, you get, you smell desperate and desperate uh-huh. salespeople can't sell, sell anything. So if you slow it down, you get really nervous and you don't sell either. So you just got to don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. Well, my two my point. two problems with that, what I was trying to bring up that scenario is it, it's human psychology, like I, I pointed out, but it also it, it's a detriment to the patient. So we all obviously strive for patient care, but not but being so busy, busy and we wear that as like this badge of honor amongst our colleagues, like, oh, I can't be seen for six months, oh, right? Yeah. I can't be seen for this, but and, <laughs> and I'm so busy, I can't even think straight. But like, are you doing, are you living your best life in that operatory when you have, when you have 12 people waiting on you at all times? And I, I would say, no, I would say, no, well, you're diagnosing because you can't have the conversation with sweet miss Jones about crown number 19. Cause you simply don't have it, the availability to put it on your schedule. Therefore you just think to yourself, I'll catch your next recall. I'll, I'll catch her next time. And we'll talk about it then. Cause I just don't have the time. And if, even if I had the time to enroll it, which you could, like, and then when she asks, okay, well, when can I do it? You tell her three months out, you, oh, it's almost like egg on your face all the way around this equation. So it's a prop being as super busy is, is just as, and a lot of our colleagues are having that problem right now, honestly, Craig, with, with, um, you know, just the environment, everything's busy. Like, yeah, well, what, that's what you get when you print $4, million, $4 trillion, right. people spend money when you give it to them. Uh, it's not, it's economics 101. Well, I also, think the, it's, 
the melting ice cube. People are, it's the hot potato. People are getting it out of their hands because they know it's uh, inflating pretty quickly. To me the other day and they wanted to you know pick my brain which peter peter loves by the way so you can always feel free to uh, email <laughs> yeah. him about yeah, he send loves me an email that. tell me you want to pick my brain yeah it just <laughs> lights it makes his day so anyway um i i spoke to a person for two minutes and it's like i'm pulling out an oral surge in my practice should it be fee for service or at a network and so of course my normal style is i answer a question another question and another question and another question and these questions i asked him i asked him like four or five questions he never even thought about any of them uh-huh. and the moral of the story was he's booked up six months in advance he can't see straight he can't handle the patients and he's hybrid fee for service ppo doesn't want to add an associate and it's like so when you're booked up and you're doing a crown for seven eight nine hundred dollars that you could actually be doing for eleven twelve thirteen hundred dollars you're making a big i was gonna say we podcasted error. about this yeah that's a simple easy button solution right you raise your fees 10 percent that day or just drop the an, board or just drop an insurance or drop you have, the insurance company you have two things i mean listen there's no shame in being a hybrid ppo or a straight ppo model but if it gets in the way of who you want to become there's a problem like I don't have a problem with you, you know, whatever. You just got to figure out who you want to be. Know thyself. I always say it. But if you're trying to be, if you're not adding associates, you're not adding locations, and you're a solo doc, and you feel really proud about yourself, because to get in as a new patient at six months, you're pissing off a lot of people, oh and you are not a hybrid practice. You'll by actually the way. get bad Google reviews because of that, right? And, and all the fee-for-service patients you. that are calling you that say, I want to be seen for a broken tooth, when they say they can't, you can't get in there for three months because you got your, you know, to the gills with Delta or Aetna reduced fee dentistry, you're not doing a good thing for yourself. And then, of course, the dentist, I'm sure there's dentists out there like, but I like serving those people. Fine, serve them. Give them discounts. When you accept a PPO fee, you are obliged to do what your contract said. You are following the rules. If you decide to take a fee-for-service person, give them a 30, 40, 50% discount, you are a hero. Mm-hmm. So once it's like going into the restaurant for the free de- dessert. You're not happy. You you went to the restaurant because we're offering free dessert or buy one, get one free. You don't thank the supermarket when there's buy one, get one free. When you go to a restaurant and they do a free dessert for you, you're thanking your lucky stars. So uh, we, we digress. But yeah, really important about that. Yeah, that, well, it's a good topic though, because you know, and we're going to talk about this more in, in Summit. Is that you know, you and I have always been the camp of like I'm the fee for service camp, and you've been, you know, I know you've always had kind of a hybridized practice, and, and you know, I'm going to go on stage saying that I think the future is hybridization of that. Um, well, depends, Peter. I got to give you a qualifier. Depends on what you want to do. That's true. So if you're sitting here listening to us saying, I want to open up two practices or hire two, three, four doctors, I want to expand, hybridized PPO is, we believe, yes. going to be necessary for you. Yeah, that if is you, good context. Yeah. Thank if you. you want to just you know work Monday through Friday and have your own office with two, three operatories, you, you're going to really have to, uh, an insurance issue. It's going to, if you're good and patients like you, you're not going to be able to accept insurance. Let's talk about one of the easiest ways to get patients to like you, actually, because this is, I feel like, a bottleneck. I like how you just made this segue. Because I hear of, um, and I think this is a bottleneck of growth, Greg, okay? Um, Maybe, and revenue. But if you want to talk about getting into that, let's just say you are that dentist who does want to be that fee-for-service and you want to grow your practice. Easiest way to do it is obviously within within the population of the people that you already have right? Them referring like 
individuals. If you are not making post-operative calls, do it. Start tomorrow, do it. It's the simplest marking of all things. And if you're not doing it, you're going to experience an immediate growth of your practice just by giving a shit and calling people in the evenings when you give them a shot. Because guess what? They tell everybody. Because you know, and then guess what happens? Their friends say, well, you know, they think they, then they have FOMO. Their friends will have FOMO if they don't go to you and says, well, my my doctor doesn't call me. My dentist doesn't call me. Oh, he's great. We had a, we had a conversation that may be three minutes and he was just calling to check on me. It was so sweet. Like yeah, that's the, that's the thing lowest thing. I, it always stuns me when you say, Hey, raise your hand here in the audience. If you do post-ops. But look, um, bloody tooth guy does it. Remember Jason Auerbach? We yeah. had him on there. He has yeah. amazing reviews for an oral surgeon. And I said to him, I, I, I knew it was like a confirmation bias. I said to myself on his, the, inter, the podcast we had, I said I, to myself, I guarantee you this guy calls his patients. And sure enough, he did. You know, it's, I wish there was a study too, Greg, about post people who do post-operative calls and and litigation oh god of course peter of course which is we, people we just talk about in the context of those we talk about those sue. in growth right I, i'm yeah. bringing it up in the context of growth but i wish there was a, a, a some kind of study that said dentists who are getting sued versus you know like there's probably a correlation is my point of course go, there go. is Pe- people don't patients don't sue doctors that they like and the reason why most people get sued is because they don't have any other means of communicating they don't, they, you know, I mean, it's the reason why people freak out like uh, for customer service. They're just trying to get attention. I mean, when you have, and we talk about this a lot, but for those who haven't heard me say it, when you got an upset patient and they lose their, their you know, their shit on you or they're getting really upset, you actually have, don't get, don't back away from it. You have an opportunity. Sorry about that. You have an opportunity for, to make it right and actually turn this really bad negative into a positive. Uh, obviously someone shoots you a bad Yelp review. It might just be, you know, they just want to screw you over. But if someone just wants to dialogue with you and they're just, just, they're upset, just looking them in the eye, figuring out a way to make it right. Whatever that means, crediting the failed endo towards an implant, you know, uh, offering them a free cleaning, offering them a hundred dollar credit. Just on their saying, account. I did the best job I could right. with the tools I was given at the time. There's no guarantees in anything that is done. Like you can't, it's not hundred percent success, right? Sometimes you just say, look, it was a challenging case. It, it worked out really well. Look at all the positives. I can't just redo everything because you find, you find, you know what I'm saying? So, right. But the best, the best teacher for that is experience. Stepping in front of it and having dialogue is, is good. But also unreal, unrealized expectations. So, you know, as you get to the point that you and I are at Peter, where you've got, you know, that many reps in dentistry, we can call out what's going to go wrong. I can't do anything about your gummy smile unless we want to do surgery or surgical case. You need to do this. Here's the limitations of what I can do. Well, I think it's going to be worth it. Yes. But the Haley Berry picture you brought me in, I'm not going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, geez, you know, it's worth it for me to make it better. I know I'm not going to walk out like Haley Berry's teeth, but, and, and we just have the, you know, I think in the beginning you want to over represent you want, cause you're selling it. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you can do. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of dentists get sued and get in trouble because they just don't manage expectations. Or they know? feel like they've over promised and then unfortunately have to under deliver based with the case. And the funny is. thing is, Peter, when we shoot people straight, they want us more. Right. So you're like, look, I can't do that. Anybody tells you they can do that. They're just lying. They can't yeah. do that. I, I know what I can do. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. And they like it and they accept what you say more. Uh-huh. So we're talking about bottlenecks, but um, I guess keeping your money is also important too. Not don't get sued. All right, new for 2021, we want to invite everyone listening to join us 
on our private network. It's free to join. Join the conversation at bulletproof.dental. You can even download it in the app store. Just look for the Mighty Network app and you can download it there. But just point your browser to bulletproof.dental and join and sign up and start collaborating on um, some of the ideas we discuss on the podcast. Um, There's content there to download and um, it's all designed to help grow and stimulate us together. Hope everyone has a great day. Another in and another thing that is a bottleneck I feel like that we talk about a lot is the uh, something that is related to post-op calls and just patient satisfaction is actually you're tracking your recall rates. If you do nothing else but track those recalls from a from a growth perspective, yep, your reappointment rate. Yep. Let me let me rephrase that. I would say your your gro- your recall rates and your net growth. If you did nothing more than track those two. Well, those, those three things. So let's just say you threw away your website, deleted your social media, and <clears throat> never did a bit of advertising ever again, but you manage your reappointment rate, your net patient growth, as you said, and your post-operative call on every single patient that got a shot, you know, an injection during that day, your practice would grow. And you're the, all things being equal. I really agree with you, Craig. I mean, I'm not, I mean, and I'm not just saying that to agree. Like we make metrics so clunky and you can die in the weeds of like look at this look at this correlation here and here and here and and it's analysis by paralysis and if you just zoom out and kind of look at some of the things i think you could focus on that's why we always kind of kind of contend there's four things that i really look at and i don't i don't know how many you you have grown from that but i still get the four that i look at emailed to me every night for all practices because yes could i log in and check things and do all these things as software sure but if, but if I can track those four, yeah, on a well, daily basis and and do and do slight course corrections based on where we are, that seems to work for me, and my and my practice and my partners. That seems to work for us, I should say. You know, another thing too um, is a bottleneck to um, uh, revenue is your education. Um, people who don't know a lot don't see a lot. Mm. So I see the effects of continued education, whether it's diagnostic training or, you know, going to events like ours, when you see things, you can't unsee them. And I've watched dentists that came into this practice saying, yeah, I just want to do quadrant dentistry. I just want to do crowns. I'm not into FMRs. I don't want to do cosmetics. And they see what other people are doing and they see people doing, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 cases, and they go out and get educated. They can't unsee it. So, you know, a, a bread and butter, and I hate that term, but like a quadrant dentist or a guy who's just, or a guy or gal who's just fixing quadrants, you know, even the most high value patient coming in that says, hey, I've got a school reunion in a year and I hate my smile. He's like, okay, we'll do whitening. Get you some whitening. When they've got like 50% wear, tooth wear, and they don't know to do cosmetic treatment. So I think it's really important that you educate yourself because if you only do low level dentistry, you need to see hundreds of mm-hmm. patients, new patients per month, hundreds. Whereas a well-trained, you know, doctor that's trained in, you know, Kois or Panky or Spear, or, you know, done done the cosmetic courses, they need to see just tens of patients and make right. a killing. So figure out what type of dentist you want to be, and that's they're all they're all okay as well. I mean, uh, doing high-level cosmetic and FMR cases, you'll make money, but the three currencies in life, emotion, time, and money, you will spend a lot of time and a lot of emotion. 
because half of those cosmetic cases, and you know this better than I do, Peter, are psycho. They're psychotherapy and dentistry. Mm-hmm. You take yeah, on and the- they're very emotionally driven, right? At the time that, that that people are in, so you you yeah, you definitely want to get in, in the mode of saying yes. Unfortunately, yes, we can do that because it's an emotional. It's an emotional journey for them. And they, you know, by the time they're in your chair, they're fully committed. They just want to hear affirmation of what they've decided to do. Right. Um, another impediment that I feel like is, is pretty pervasive. And this has been a bottleneck of growth in our practices is, is um, technology. Um, and actually our patient management software has been kind of an impediment. And I've tried to switch and pivot before and go cloud and all these things, but you know, access to information is an impediment to, to things. I don't have a solution for this, Greg, other than saying that, that you know, I think obviously cloud is the way. Of course. Uh, I, I wish that some of these bigger practices, the one that you, I mean, I'm sorry, PMSs that you use and the one that I use would get would get integrated and get their shit in gear and, and get to the cloud with a seamless integration. But that has been an impediment to growth of locations for me. I know it's not a big issue for you because you're all under one roof, but it is an issue. Yeah, but we do it like a like something stupid of data per day, and I, I the amount of data that goes into our system per day. I mean, listen, in dentistry, there's there's no robust system because you know most practices are very very small and simple. So if it fits, it's a one size fits most for these practice management solutions. I, I love the fan. In hindsight, if I had opened up again now, knowing what I know now, I would have gone with Open Dental. Just be honest. One hundred percent. Everybody says yeah. that. Yeah, Everybody because says that. of the there's something just super valuable about an open source platform with decent. Yeah. You know, it's almost decentralized, and everyone knows I'm a big fan of decentralization. <laughs> um, but tech also. So I wanted to. I didn't. Want, I'm not trying to harp on. Like I actually really like what we use. I just wish it was cloud based, but that another impediment has been lack of tech and like being having being able to have my patients text us to to a landline has really been great so if you're not doing that i would recommend it but just make sure your patients can hit the easy button because sometimes we make things so challenging for people to get on your schedule um that that it can that can be a bottleneck right like number one calling calling the office and having it go to voicemail right and i did a podcast on that recently craig where i was saying like hey augment your phones when your website is super busy and look at your traffic on your website because there's a direct correlation to website visits to phone calls and if people are calling and if if your phones are ringing and going to voicemail which you know everyone says oh ours don't do that bullshit ours do do all the time bullshit ours do yours do all the time and and that is an expensive missed call on yep. your phone, you love to see a missed call because then it's like just text me. But um, but in in dentistry, <laughs> yeah. in dentistry, a missed call is is no bueno. So make sure that you've got tech set up. On the flip side, though, I I do hear a lot of belly aching with online scheduling because there's zero accountability of people having too much easy access to your schedule. Meaning course, people yeah. will cancel on that. So make sure that you find that line that works for you in your practice, where you're able to onboard people efficiently and effectively. Because if you get a voicemail, think about you as a, pro, a, a consumer, Craig. I was about to call you a prosumer. Think of you as a prosumer. You know what a prosumer is? Uh, proactively seeking out the uh, thing I oh, want to buy. A really good consumer. There you go. Wow. Right. If you're if you're kind of agnostic, you don't really care which dental practice or which place you go to, right? You say, oh, these there's four stars. There's four that have five stars here. This is great. And you call the one that you're like, I like that website. I like the doctor. And you get a voicemail. Okay. I don't know if I leave the voicemail. All right. Let me you know what. Let me just try this other one real quick. I mean, 
think about what you do in your life. Think about what we all do listening to this in our own life. I, I'm guilty of it as you. I'm not, I'm not so dogmatically like I'm choosing this practice and come hell or high water, if they call me back or not, I'll just move to the next person, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm, and let's let's call it a restaurant. Let's call it a car dealership. Let's call it insert whatever business. If there's healthy competition, you can be convinced to move to the next. I think that's really important for dentists to understand that we tend to overvalue what we do and the consumer does not give a crap about it. They just want to hit the easy button. So your user interface- They want to check e- their box. It's on yeah. their freaking to-do list, right, Craig? It says yep. make dental appointment on their to-do list. I see it, right? And and people are in this, and so busy in today's day and age, the Amazons, the, everything is now, 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 let's get shit done, get shit done. And it says make dental appointment on there. And if they can't go and check that and cross that off their to-do list, yep. You you have just impeded their day, and so guess what they're doing? They're moving down the list. Yep. Unless you're it's the like, only game in town, if you're the only game in town, you probably don't even listen to that. You're probably not even listening to this damn podcast. So yeah, why why would you like? Why do people why do people need help with this stuff? <laughs> this shit's you know? so easy. I'm the only endodontist in five thousand five hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. Oh, well. But uh, you know, how many times have you gone like like to an online shopping cart, Pete, and you know you realize like you want to buy it, you you you're gonna take the bait, you're gonna buy this thing. It's been marketed directly to you. It's probably some like tactical, uh, you know, something for your for your pickup truck or something. And then you find the shopping cart is not that Shopify cart, but you have oh, to oh, enter yeah. every single everything. Detail you set of up purchase. an account and give like, like the crazy no, ass you. password and and twelve or, blood types and. Yeah, or you have a Shopify, you stare at your iPhone, and everything auto-populated, it. and you're literally about to buy it. Like, there's a shirt company called Poncho. They're, they make those fishing shirts and stuff that I'm always wearing. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's it's uh, Shopify. I look at my phone. It knows my address. I mean, I am so quick to to actually purchase something. And by the way, same conversation with a with a, a Bella. You know, um, they're sponsoring our they sponsored our summit, Abella and Compassionate Finance, like. I think, you know, we use a bell in our practice, by the way, and I don't think we have a collect. I think many dentists don't have a collection process problem. They have an ease of payment problem. Mm-hmm. So like I had my water turned off by the city of Delray Beach like four or five years ago, not because I can't afford a $200 bill, but mm-hmm. like their interface is so shitty. There's they're a city. So their user interface is so poor, it was so hard. So imagine like Abella sends you a text message saying you owe whatever, $58. For a guy mm-hmm. like you and me and the people listening, it's not going to break the bank. But we don't want to go in. As- well, actually, you're bringing up something great. Craig, this is, good. this is a great podcast. I mean, so you're bringing up something great, not even just Abella, right? When we switched to the ability, usually we were we were only doing our payments, um, you know, check in the mail, invoice in the mail. And, and, and then, you know, you have people that didn't pay. All of a sudden, these balances go overdue, 90 days. I don't own days. a checkbook. And, you know, and this is where I'm, it's exactly where I'm going. And it was finally a light bulb moment. I was like, wait a second. People, it's not that people aren't wanting or willing to pay. No one likes to have an outstanding balance. And it's not like 90% of it didn't have the ability to do it. They just didn't have a checkbook. Didn't have, I don't have stamps right. in. I don't have stamps right. in my house. Look at how easy Venmo is, by And the so way. we changed it, right, from my banking, my interface in my bank, set up a text thing in a portal, boom, 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 done and done. All of a sudden now, it changed that ratio. So again, tech could be an impediment. And that's a perfect, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think about that from a banking interface. Yep. That is an impediment to revenue. Of course, that's almost like the biggest impediment to revenues is- yeah is not making the easy button for people who said, take my damn money. 
Right. Well, look at what you you don't touch. You go, you pay in your app at Starbucks, you deposit your check from home. Now you're telling me my $38 um, bill at my dental office because my insurance didn't pay for my fluoride. I am just too busy. $38? Yeah. If you can yeah. make it easy for me, that's great. Yeah. But if you can't make it for easy for me, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> yeah. If you can't make it easy, come get it. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, come and get it. But it's also going to be pissing me off. Like you're hounding me over $38. Yeah. And then if you send someone to collections for that amount, which which uh, happens yeah. sometimes You'll by default. Yeah, now all of a sudden, yeah, all the aforementioned of shit we talked about is like, oh my gosh, yeah, right. It's the it's the princess and the pea. It just it created yeah. this massive problem that that really had to do nothing. Well, I want to talk about one more thing before we leave the financial oh, really? aspect. I was, I was kind of done. I was about to shut it down. No, no, I want to talk about one more thing. It's, it's kind of a little slightly tangential, not really that good, but it's important. Okay. So when when people owe you money, they don't like you. So owing money is bad customer service. That's why when you check at the hotel, they go, hey, Dr. Bolden, welcome back to the uh, Ritz-Carlton. Let's go ahead and take care of your balance right now. And like you sign your balance. You you literally check in. You're at the highest level. You're super excited. The kids are already wearing their bathing suit. And you, already, you get dinged on your credit card mm -hmm. right away mm -hmm. because they handle it right up front. So if you don't, if you're in the middle of your first FMR or veneer case or in you know something high value, and you have, you've already started it and they only have like 10% down payment. The, I believe the emotional um, level of satisfaction with your treatment is going to be far less if the money has not been handled than if the money is handled, all factors being equal. A, a, a million percent. I mean, yeah, I couldn't and, agree and with you You'd more. be surprised how many doctors are they have 10% down and they're ready to deliver the case next week. It's sloppy. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Good, good fences make good neighbors. You have to have look, look, good rules. Look, look, let's take some lessons from our pra pra plastic surgery uh, uh, friends, right? Yeah. You, you do not get a surgery schedule. Trust me. I've paid for some for my, 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 uh, my wife. For your rhino behind you. Yeah, my I was right. trying to protect Emily's identity. <laughs> I didn't want you going and saying yeah, that about step in front of it. She's, yeah. she's plastic, fantastic. She's, no, I know. Um, I thought I watched her Instagram. She's like, I'm here getting, you know, steam facial, whatever the heck she does. <laughs> Uh, but they, you know, the plastic surgeon will not let you on their books. You cannot oh, yeah. even make an appointment until you are paid in full. Yeah. Because to your point, right? You do a boob job for 10% down, all of a sudden it's like, well, this one's lower and this one's higher. And I don't like the way this looks, right? You, it's, it's human psychology. You look for the imperfections in order to preserve your money. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that too, Greg. All right. We were on fire today. So <laughs> I, I thought fire. Oh, we're okay. It's been a while. We haven't pod. We had a podcast that, more, Peter. Yeah, that's true. It's tough. It's tough. Summers, you know, when you think about summer as being like, you know, you, I always envision summers. I can't wait. And it's the Corona in my hand. I'm sitting at the beach. And like, why is summer busier than the school year? Because the kids are out. I know. But like, it, it seems like there's less free time. There's less yeah, I may be the, well, the school, lack of structure, the lack of yeah. structure. All right, all right. I mean, you know, seems... listen, for guys like you and I, we have children and ch now the children from nine to five are our responsibility, whereas they weren't before. So no, I think it's, I think it's that. Yeah. Plus the, tra and the kids being out to travel. All right. Well, By the way, when are you get into Austin, when are you coming in? I'm, I'm trying to come the Wednesday prior. Um, okay, good. Hoping to do a little, e uh, a little foiling with our buddy Hoppy. Uh, oh, cool. Dentist who lives there, right? I actually yeah, did a lot of Hoppy e and Albert. I did some a lot of e foiling this 
the just two days ago, Craig, in the, in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. A uh, flight board, if you're listening, um, you know, we would be very happy to mention this all the time. Yes. That would listeners. actually be the first sponsor we would ever take if they're listening. I would actually accept that sponsorship. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. Yeah, we won't we won't accept it from the dental manufacturers, but we'll do it from this. And, and you have to pay us nothing. There's two, yeah, nothing, two, just boards, two, flight, two boards. You know how much those, how much are those boards, Peter? It uh, was $11,000. Yeah, man, geez. I just, yeah, I, I was- this uh, one was not mine. I do have one in full disclosure, but they are, if it, look, if you're listening to us and rolling your eyes right now, just do it. It's yeah. They go that's hard to learn they though. They, of They're hard to is. learn. Look, Hey, anything worth it shit is freaking hard, right? Yeah. So is growing a dental practice. So is going <laughs> to dental true. school. Like it's all worth it when it's hard. If it was <laughs> easy. Every, like my granddaddy said, if this shit was easy, anyone could do it. You don't yeah. want anyone to be able to do it. No, it's so true. it is hard, but let me tell you something. It was a magical moment going through this clear water in the Gulf of Mexico. Right. And, and, and like, I separated just by chance these two giant rays oh, cool. swimming together. And I happened to go right between them, like yeah. not trying, you know, oh shit. And and they wanted to catch they wanted to catch back up with each other. So for about 300 yards, they were like literally like right and left. Oh, that's and, badass. Like, this, and and these suckers were probably six feet across. <laughs> I've seen them. Like, if this isn't the most magical thing, like I'm literally flying in the air on the And it's so board. quiet. So There's quiet, no and the water was yeah. crystal clear. I was like, this is because you're I'm you're out of the water on that flight of foil. So it's oh, like God. you're like it defies logic and gravity. It, it's it, amazing. If people watch you like you literally just landed from Elon yeah, Musk's you look spaceship. Like, yeah, it's true. Like Marsh badass. Anyway, um, we do to your point though, we do need to do more of I think a lot of it is we're prepping for the summit, which I, you know, is I'm bringing is, the whole family, by the way, the whole know, family's I'm coming. I'm, I'm bringing a friend of mine from New York, my wife's cousin. She's going to watch the kids. They checked out that resort, 400 acres, zip lining, horseback riding. I mean, dude, they're going to be busy. It's going to be awesome. Well, it's going to be busy, you know, and, and I mean, the kids will be busy. Right. Um, and unfortunately we don't even have, we sold out the, the room blocks on Saturday night. So like now a lot of people are having to go, unfortunately they get to stay the first two nights, but you know, when we booked this, Craig, we, we're taking a big leap of faith because oh, we I know. had to I pull saw the trigger. check. I saw well, the I know, check. But, but, but wait, but remember in the context of when we had to write that check was COVID was still a very big unknown. Yeah. Very but big you, unknown. you know, you said it best. You said at the point, it's like if COVID is raging right now, we got bigger problems than losing, you know, a hundred thousand dollar deposit or something or well, whatever but, it was. Well, but it was still, it was still a thing. And I said, look, we have to plan from a contingency standpoint. So we really, we undershot buying the rooms because we're on the hook for those 200 rooms right right and so we undershot it because we didn't know and now that the world's opened up and every everyone and their mo mother wants to travel and grow like literally the hotel was like can we we were like can we get some more rooms they're like hell no because yeah. they're, we're, we're getting 700 a night not your 200 a night yeah, i know right and so that unfortunately crazy? that's been a problem and we, we should yeah the hotel's pissed off i'm sure Selling well, those rooms are two hundred dollars. Well, they, 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 hey, they weren't pissed. They weren't pissed when they had a group <coughs> call with when they were when there was a ghost town, and they right. said, "Hey, can we rent your whole resort?" Pretty much. By the way, isn't it funny how like when we were talking about this early on, COVID was still raging, and we're like, "It's got to be Texas or Florida." Isn't it funny how like the government, like I, I don't maybe it's just because I'm older and I have different eyes on this situation now, but I think like five years ago, I just thought like. California and Florida, there's no difference, different food, different architecture. Like I never realized each state is so darn different. I think the COVID crisis and the way the governors handled it made every state seem so different. Different. I mean, like people in California, some people are like, screw this, I'm moving here. And some people in like other places, I'm moving to California. It's amazing. As a matter of fact, I saw your governor last night, Craig, 
on, on oh the yeah stage, right? he, he desantis was on stage, on stage. at your rock I concert like 20 I feet him. away from him 20 feet away from me and he and he got on stage and encouraged he said let me tell you something if you're listening out there other gen- governors i encourage you open up your damn state and he looks out into there's a sea of 30 i was literally a lot of the picture i'll send you Thirty thousand people not one of them had a mask on and it I, and it was a beautiful moment for me for a second because i was like you know what america is back and open yeah. it was beautiful so anyway but i mean listen we got a lot of listeners that are you know the uh, took a lot of heat for that um he was fortunate that he opened up florida and stopped the mask mandate he got torched but fortunately, like seven or nine days later, um, Fauci and Biden followed suit. Um, so um, he's not too far out on a limb. And I think even the uh, more liberal governors are starting to open up. I know our friends in California are starting to open up as well. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not just happy for the states, but the general idea. Consensus, of, right? And that consensus, we look, yeah. look, it's, my point is America is very resilient. Look at all the things they've gone through. God, I hope so. Even- and you look at all this stuff, and even when you're in the depths of COVID, you're like, oh my God, how do you recover? And then you see 25,000 people all, you know, singing country music kind of thing. You're like, yes, this feels, just feels good. I don't know, just people, people and energy and life. And like, I don't know, it, just, no. it was really neat. Well, so, one thing I think we can both agree upon is that the cost of, and again, I, I want to be respectful of the people that lost loved ones to COVID, because I know those are many. Um, but, uh, Having said that, I think that the true cost to the coronavirus pandemic was greater for the isolation shutdown, the loss mm. of connection than the virus itself. I mean, of course, the optics we had, you know, this this time last year in, or March of last year, we didn't know. I mean, it was, it was thought that this thing was going to be, you know, 10, 15 percent fatal. Um, and if it had been, we would have lost, you know, hundreds of millions of people across the, mm. you know, but uh I think that we learned a lot. We learned a lot as practitioners, as business owners, and I, I hopefully our governors and our lawmakers learned a lot as well. A hundred percent, you know, and look, you and I've been through, if you're a younger dentist listening, let's say you were in practice during this time, you know, but you and I as older, we have, we have 2001, the, the scar of 2001, the scar of 2008, and it makes you a better, you know, it's like going to battle. Like you get a scar, but you become a better warrior in the process right and you learn the lesson of oh this happened right let's make sure i have some cash reserves here in case this happens like you learn to become a better general whatever (laughs) in the process you're a better soldier a better warrior whatever you know insert whatever you want well you're better human you're happier like you said don't miss the tragedy don't lose the lesson from the tragedy that happened right so there was a lesson to be learned i agree with you i want to empathize with anyone who has lost someone in that crisis in in the crisis of COVID for sure I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying that there are, there are lessons here and it is good that, that America being resilient has, has, has come back overall. Yes. There's new England States and California who are, who are maybe not. And people are pissed off for us saying that or me, because I brought it up. It's just, I don't, I it was just nice to hear. It was nice to see and feel that because you, you, I was feeling very hopeless in, in let's, let's rewind a year, exactly a year ago around this, Craig, when is this ever going to be? I know. Yeah. June 11th is the day we finally got back to work for us. I know May 11th. May 11th, May 11th but it yeah. was still that unknown no, still, and, yeah, and, and look, the narrative is this shit's going to be around for years five oh, years yeah. you know like what I can't well it's like also a testament years. to the strength of our first world status and our country's you know 
ability. I mean, look what's happening in other parts of the world. I, I feel, you know, somewhat remorseful talking about it, but, you know, we have to be a bit ethnocentric right now because this is where we live and uh, there's bigger challenges. We gotta, we gotta send our surplus vaccines other places, but this is, you know, when you, when you bitch about America and you, and obviously we're not as perfect as we can be, thank God we live in a first world country. Mm -hmm. You know, I have friends that are in Trinidad, they are locked down. They're not allowed to go on. Like you can't go, if you have a boat, you can't go in the water on your boat. You're not allowed to go on your own, take your boat out and jump on the water. They are locked down. Mm -hmm. There's no life for them. Mm -hmm. So what we have, and, and, and it makes probably some good sense because they don't have the healthcare system, right, the access to you care. Get, getting sick here. I mean, Pete, you got Corona, right? You were fine in a day. You had some amazing medicine, amazing medical treatment, and boom, you were fine in 48 hours. Who knows how that would have been if you lived in Trinidad or if you lived in Brazil yeah, or in you're India. Right. I would definitely not have gotten a, a, a mononuclear antibody infusion in Trinidad. right you're right you're right and, and in 48 right. hours be literally back to normal or Christoph, yep. you know so it's um it's an interesting thing that we you know it's something we're very blessed that we have that we're very very blessed so well we went all over the place but geez what i are like to call this, this one? is very uh this is very craig is the word reticent when it's like appropriate of all the stuff we talk about when we, you and I are just on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say that as you were, as you were saying, this is, this is, you know, every time, not every time, because sometimes it's just talking trash, but there's many times most more often than not where Peter and I are just on the phone. Like, damn, I wish we'd have recorded that because it's just good information. We have such specific knowledge, such deep, deep knowledge into dentistry and, and, and such interesting parallels in our practices and complementary knowledge. It's like what we add for each other is what we wish to add for you. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole genesis. You know what I'm excited about? Uh, our our guest coming people? up who we've had on a couple of times, but I'm really excited right now in the context is Peter Maluk. Oh, big time. I've been right? dying to talk to him, man. Isn't that right? Because of all the in place. So Peter Maluk, if y'all don't know, he's been on the pod actually speaking at our conference, but he's the, you know, he's the head of, you know, one of the biggest asset management companies, creative planning. It was really good. Uh, Craig and 60 I both billion, 70 used. billion in a management. He's a fiduciary. So it's not like one of these broker dealers that's selling you a bunch of highly commissioned products. They, they charge no commission. So he's, he's smart as a whip and he's just really, he's been around. He has such an interesting perspective. And I really enjoy that article you sent to me about, you know, inflation. And, you, you know, we have so many questions coming up because it, it, look, the world is so different even when we talked to him last time, which probably what not, but maybe eight months, 10 months ago. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a completely different set of questions that are going to come. And well, I look think at what we really did. We, we've put input. You get you put in inputs, different inputs. You get different outputs. We've never put these types of inputs And I think it's really economy. important because right now, you know, I spent time this weekend with a lot of a lot of men who, um, you know, not not dentists or, or you know, I say I'm the, the, the brokest of all my friends. These are a different set of guys who just what's on the mind of a lot of people is right now, Craig, is where I'm going is these were wealthy men thinking about about hedges against inflation hedges against yeah. this right all the things that are going on and i can't and are we headed for hyperinflation are we like headed that's... hyper what do we do How, what's the strategy yeah. what's the tax rate but all Maluk the in that article broke it down like different types of in, in, uh, inflation i don't feel like, like it's transitory by the way you can i can go offline on that but anyway uh, the, well parts article. are transitory like look i think like lumber and we're not going to go down this path but some a buddy of mine just paid 78 dollars for a, a sheet of plywood mm. and that same sheet of plywood was like i don't know what 15 20 bucks like four or five months ago Tough. those there's plenty of lumber from what i understand but the logistic shipping like you can't shut down an economy 
and then have it go like in one day fire or three, six months, have it fire back up. So, you know, I think that there's, um, I think certain things are just like logistical supply and demand and other things are, you know, I actually found out why that's the case. And I know we should probably just end the podcast, but I found out it's actually because of Walmart and Amazon. Oh, I'm sure. And the reason is they pre-bought pretty much all of the logistics transition stuff. And right. they had done, and so these these ports had to give preferential treatment because they pretty much yeah. bought all the capacity. Of and course, so no one else has logistic. That's why this supply chain. It's not the manufacturing is messed up, but it's, it's also not. Co- it's not related to cost and pre- rarity of the commodity itself. It's right. not like all of a sudden there's no more lumber. Right. The lumber's there. It's just like getting to us. So, dude, it's that, happening in microprocessors. Look at the cars. Like my yeah. butt, you know, like the car. That's why used car prices are freaking astronomical right now. Hey, by the way. You know? What's up with that TRX, the Ram? Holy shnikes. It has a big engine. Dude, it seems amazing. By the way, Ram, if you're listening, like I could, you know, maybe it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we went from Ram to Flightboard. Hey, like- <laughs> listen, I, one of my my patients just showed up. Actually, two friends, Andre the Pitbull Orlovsky, the UFC fighter that's a friend of mine, just got it too. Holy. Well, you just like it because it has a big ass screen in there. I know, yeah, man. It's like the Tesla size screen in there. Yeah, but they I might, you know, bad. I might give up my four. It does stripes. have a 700 horsepower engine, which is 720. I bet you there are no dental podcasts that talk about this, by the way. Well, I think people probably all just dropped off just now talking about (laughs) We're literally talking to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Are we still recording? All right, everybody. We love y'all. Hope to see a lot of you soon, which we are going to see a lot of you soon, given that we've only got, I think, a few more tickets left to sell. Yeah, a few more tickets. And it's sold out. So grab them now. 30-something days, 34, 35 days, maybe less. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. um, yeah, and we'll, and Craig and I will be more committed to the process. Again, let's go back to the old school for a second. If you like this and you've been a fan of us, the the uh, some of our reviews have gone a little stagnant. We need to, we need to increase that cadence. So if you could get get your phone, bang out a quick review for us. Let us know if we're if we're tracking. If if you're hating all these Craig and Pete conversations and you want more guests, or actually if you have suggestions for for content, put it in the review. If you have suggestions for another guest, put it in the review. Um, and just let us know how we're doing, you know, because we're here for y'all. So anyway, good to talk to you, buddy. Likewise, bud. I'll see you later. All right, Thanks, over guys. Now.